From IPR News in Interlochen, I'm Tyler Thompson. Charlevoix residents could not decide whether a vacant lot should be turned into housing or a park in this week's election. IPR's Michael Livingston has more. There were two competing proposals on the ballot in Charlevoix this week, but both received more no votes than yes votes. For the time being, the property on Stover Road across the street from Ferry Beach Park will remain vacant. Charlevoix Mayor Lyle Jeanette says the way the proposals were written may have confused residents, and that questions ahead of election night could have discouraged others to make a decision. I like for people to understand exactly what is being said and the direction that something is going in. And it just seems like to me that that just got taken away um, simply by putting two subjects on the ballots. Opposition to the housing initiative said they're concerned it won't be affordable and that residents have already said they prefer a park in a recent community survey. For IPR News, I'm Michael Livingston. The Michigan Supreme Court will hear arguments today on whether misleading robocalls used before the 2020 elections were a form of voter intimidation. The two calls sent to Detroit voters warned people against mailing in absentee ballots. The falsehoods included saying authorities could use mail-in ballot information to enforce bench warrants or debt collection. Prosecutors allege those claims crossed the line into threatening behavior, but defense attorney Scott Grable says that's not what Michigan law says. You have to know or have reasonable knowledge that, hey, if I do this act, I could be criminally prosecuted. I think it falls egregiously short. And I'm hoping the Supreme Court's going to agree with me, but I think the position is you hate the robocall, so therefore let's find a way to prosecute this guy. The Michigan Attorney General and the American Civil Liberties Union say the two men charged understood they were misleading people about the consequences of voting. The Michigan Senate approved bills Wednesday that would give state regulators final say in citing solar and wind projects. Capitol correspondent Colin Jackson has more. During a committee hearing Tuesday, Michigan Public Service Commission Chair Dan Scripps said local resistance could hinder Michigan's clean energy future. There's no question in my mind that if we allowed local governments essentially veto power over all energy infrastructure, we would not build the critical energy infrastructure that we need. The bills require projects to try working with local governments first before turning to the state and to pay localities thousands in a one-time grant. But Republican Senator Kevin Daly says that's not enough. These bills will strip away that local control and give it to unelected bureaucrats. The bills are part of a clean energy package legislative Democrats hope to send to the governor soon. I'm Colin Jackson in Lansing. Thousands of people rallied at the state capitol yesterday in what organizers described as the, quote, first-ever Michigan March for Life. Michigan Radio's Kate Wells reports. The march comes one year after voters overwhelmingly passed Proposal 3, which enshrines reproductive rights in the state constitution. Missy Parker-Miller, an adoption advocate and foster parent, predicted it will mean the end of Michigan's parental consent law. That law requires a minor get parental consent for an abortion or seek a court waiver. I'm horrified by this as a parent, okay? I would want to be involved in such an important decision in my child's life. So this is definitely something that we have to stand up and continue to fight against. Representatives from Right to Life of Michigan also announced that they had filed a federal lawsuit seeking to overturn Proposal 3. I'm Kate Wells. I'm Tyler Thompson. This is IPR News Radio.